Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Another Dominion Sonship Live coming to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part of what I believe the Lord is doing on earth. And it's really this mighty awakening of the body of Christ. It's really us taking our place of dominion because we are the sons of the living God. And um, without the Holy Spirit, we'll not be able to have any sort of understanding of new creation, will not be able to understand anything about God, will not be able to understand anything about the Word of God. And so the Holy Spirit has been given to us in this hour to disclose truth, to disclose abilities that are inherent to our new nature, to disclose the power that now resides within us, to disclose really above all the love of God to us. Because if it was not for the love of God, <laughs> if it wasn't for the love of God, there is no hope. Our living hope is his divine love for us, that he so loved us, that he gave his son, that the word became flesh, that the word dwelt among us. And when the word was taken up back to the father, he gave us another comforter, the Holy Spirit, different, but of the same kind of Jesus, the advocate, the intercessor, the one that comes alongside of us to guide us, the lead of the hour. Who is your lead? The Holy Spirit is our lead. And so I do have a title and it is an overwhelming moment uh, to come out and to bring what I believe he has opened up within my heart and to be able to draw it out with revelation so that there will be an impartation. And so my title is The Disclosure of the Holy Spirit. The Disclosure. The Disclosure of the Holy Spirit. It is the unveiling that the Holy Spirit does within us to open the eyes of our understanding that we will know to know him as we are known by him. That we'll be able to walk in the light of this revelation of dominion and glory that we have. And so we have been really um, talking about epinosis, that revelation knowledge that um, comes about through the meditation of the Word of God, that there is a situating of our understanding deeper in these living streams, in the current of the Holy Ghost in the Word of God, to bring an unveiling of sonship, to bring an unveiling of dominion, to bring an unveiling of utterance divine, to bring a, 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 a hearing of faith that we have really never walked in. Never walked in. And now is the hour to walk in the fullness of this divine inheritance. And so we started last week. And last week we spoke about the unveiling of faith. And this week the title he gave me is the disclosure of the Holy Spirit. It's really a continuation. Uh, Romans 1.16. Paul writes to the Romans for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why would he not be ashamed of something that brings about such persecution? Why would he not be ashamed of something that is so painful to his outer man? Those, the, the, um, 
of what he had to go through to bear the message of Christ. The lashings, the, the mockings, the beatings, the stonings, the shipwrecks, uh, fighting in Ephesus with beasts. Why would he not be ashamed? Because he has revelation. Because he knows one thing of God before him, he can be against him. Because he knows one thing, it is to forsake all to gain Christ. And so here he is, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, even if it cost him imprisonment, even if it cost him shipwreck or death, which ultimately it did in the natural, but eternal life forevermore. To die is gain. For it is the power of God, that's why we're not ashamed of this message. We're not ashamed to say that we are Christian. We're not ashamed to say, I'm a Christian. 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 I follow after Christ. Christ is my way of life. I'm a Christian. Because it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in this gospel of Christ, in the gospel of Christ that he is not ashamed of, there is a disclosure. And it is really a disclosure of the Holy Spirit. It is revelation. It is, it is divine information that is brought up by the Spirit of the Lord that bears witness with our spirit and we know it is truth. It is an unveiling of spiritual sight to know that there is power in this gospel. That we are not to be ashamed of the message of Christ. Because it's, 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 what is it? God's power unto salvation. And to salvation, do you know there is heaven and there is hell? There is hell. There is hell. There is hell. And it is forever. As we think of heaven being forever, there is a hell that is forever. And so when we know that this message of Christ is my way out of eternal damnation, out of living flames of eternal damnation, why would I not want to share? Why would I not want to share this compassion and love of God that is found towards us in this gospel of Christ? Why should I be ashamed? For in it, for in this gospel of Christ, <laughs> the righteousness of God is revealed. To be called just before God. To be, to, to, to have an equal standing in the sight of God because of the cross of Calvary. Because of his mighty resurrection, which was the defeat of Satan, Satan ultimately. A raising from the dead, a defeat of hell, of the grave. For in it there is what? A disclosure, a revelation of the righteousness of God, and that is from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. And we know, and we know that faith comes through the hearing. Can I say from Galatians 3, the hearing of faith? Faith comes.
comes through a hearing that is not natural hearing. It, it, faith comes through a hearing of a supernatural reality, the word of God. Do not ever treat this as, 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 as another book. Don't treat Christianity as just another religion. It is not, it is not, it is not a formula. It is not static. It is not uh, dry. It is not damning. This is eternal life. His word is eternal life. And when we, by the Holy Ghost, here, eternal life. It is bringing a transformation from glory to glory. There is a righteousness of God that is revealed, which is from faith to faith. We are ever, ever growing by the word of the living God that the Holy Ghost is revealing to us. And so I want to look at that word uh, that's in this gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed. Revealed. Romans 1.17. Because that's what we're going to be focusing on. We're going to be focusing on this revelation that is coming from the Holy Spirit. For the gospel, the Strong's Concordance in Romans 1.17 reads, For the gospel reveals the righteousness of God that comes by faith from the start to the finish. From the start to the finish. He is the author and the finisher of what? My faith. And so this revelation starts from faith and finishes with faith. Galatians, Paul, Paul rebukes the Galatians as who has bewitched you. You started this by faith with a hearing of faith and what you're going to revert now to your old carnal ways to earn your salvation. What you're going to revert back to you. Do, 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 do. Check the box. Check the box. I prayed five minutes a day. I read my two little verses. I, I was very, very kind to my little children. I was, I really got along with my neighbor today. I I smiled really big. I'm good with God. No, it is from faith to faith. The way we start through the hearing of faith, through this divine inspiration of mighty Holy Spirit, we finish with this living expression of life that is found only in the Word of God. And so, and so that word reveals that this gospel reveals the righteousness of God. It is to uncover, to bring to light, to reveal, to take off the cover. That is to disclose. The Holy Spirit is taking off the covers, that initial removing of spiritual blindness of the cover that Satan has veiled us from knowing this life of liberty, from knowing this gospel of salvation. And then, but once we, we recognize that there is power in the gospel unto salvation and we become born again, now, now the Holy Ghost starts dealing with the layers of doubt and unbelief and the hardness of heart within the believer. We within our own life. And so there is always more covers that are being removed, a greater unveiling to the truth of the word of God. So it's a never ending process of transformation. It is just, that's how we live from faith to faith. And so let's go now to John. And we know that 
the revelation of truth is really the key to Christianity. That we know because we know. And we know because we know because the Holy Ghost has bore witness within us. It is such a supernatural knowledge that sometimes to be able to explain and figure it out, it gets in your head and it shuts you out. And so we are called to live out a reality that is not to be touched with a human mind. This carnal understanding. What does it mean to be of God? What does it mean to be born again? Yes, we can go and take us, take and go through the verses and, but at the end of the day, we pray that the Holy Spirit would bring an impartation when we share the truth of our new birth, when we share the truth of the verses that we're about to read. They will never use this word as legalism against another. They will never use this word harshly because this is Jesus himself. And he was stout against that religious spirit. He didn't tiptoe where the devil was concerned. He shut him down. He defeated him. But where those that were seeking him, he was tender towards them. And we know that Jesus went, how was he conceived? How was he conceived? He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was from the very beginning of the life of Jesus to the very end. It is from faith to faith. It is from faith to faith. In Luke chapter, let's go actually look. Luke 1, 35, I mean, you can say in John, I'll eventually make my way to John, but I'll go quickly here in, in Luke 1, 35. Uh, the angel coming to Mary, and what did he say to her? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. For this Christ's word to be formed within you, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And at that moment, there is a hearing of faith, which we know Mary had. Because God was well pleased with Mary. She bore his son. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Do you know that the word that's born in you through revelation is the very Son of God? That the word within you when we say, Jesus, within me, the hope of glory, Christ in me, the hope of glory. It is this very word, which is the Son of God. And that's Paul tells the Galatians that it's no longer he who lives, but Christ who lives in him. And that the faith of the Son of God is that lives in him. The faith of the Son of God. What is this faith of the Son of God? It is the faith of the Word of God. It is the function of the Holy Ghost. So how can we separate Jesus from the Holy Ghost? Here, he was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Understanding only comes through the Holy Ghost. And so, and so what happened then? How did he finish in 37, the angel? For with God, nothing will be impossible. In the context of the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost is within you, when the Holy Ghost is upon you to anoint you to preach the message of Christ, as he anointed Jesus to preach the gospel to the poor, to set the captives free, to open the sight of the blind. That's Luke 4. The Holy Spirit makes it possible. The Holy Spirit brings forth a possibility 
of understanding, which is really the ultimate possibility. The possibility that we are looking in life is to actually see something as being possible. Which is what? A breaking of a hardened mindset of impossibility. Everything in the world is communicating impossibility. But with God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, through the living of the Son of God within us, it is possible. And so if we go, um, so he was conceived this way and then in, um, in Matthew as he was coming out of the waters of baptism, what happened? What happened? I'll just quickly look at it. In Matthew 3, 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. The one who was conceived by the Holy Ghost was not done with the Holy Ghost. The one that was conceived from the beginning, from faith until the end, to, to, to the very end, faith required. The one that started in the beginning by faith through conception. Now we're seeing the same Holy Ghost come upon him after the waters of baptism. So here we see Matthew's account. The heavens were open to him and he saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and alighting upon him. You see, when you this alighting all the time, an alighting in the word, an alighting of the Son of God that dwells now where within us as that through the water of baptism, through this, through this new life that we have, being baptized in his baptism unto death and being raised together. Romans 6 talks about it. Being raised together unto this newness of life. We need the daily alighting of the Holy Ghost upon the word of God. There is costly parting the heavenlies of this divine understanding. There's a constant parting. There's a parting of, of doubt and unbelief. There is a removal of this callousness of the human heart. And at that moment, after that alighting, the voice of God came from heaven so we can hear his voice. When the word is lit up in our understanding, at that moment we hear his voice. And like I said the last few times, is I have never seen a separation. When they read the word from the function of the spirit, they are one. They are one. What was the voice? What does the father say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's what happened when the word of God is made a lit for us. We only know the love of God. We only know the pleasure of the Holy Spirit towards us, the pleasure of the Father. So if you are in the word and you're condemned, there is a little deeper you can go to. Open your heart to the Holy Spirit and allow him to light up this word so you can hear the voice of your Father saying, that you are his beloved and that he is well pleased. Look for just to see the power of the Holy Spirit upon the life of Jesus that we are now mimicking. This is in, in Luke 4. I've read these verses so many times. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 17. And he was handed, that was Jesus. Jesus was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. <laughs> Even that, that was the scroll that was handed. It was pretty profound. The Holy Ghost is such a wise, wise 
such a wisdom in him. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it's written. You see, when you, when you open the book with the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, you always find where it's written of you. And what you find written of you, it's this very word. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You'll never find your wretched sinner, you. You say you've been anointed. You've been anointed for this hour. He has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me, Jesus says, to, this is what was spoken of Jesus, same, same of us too, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set a liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable ear of the Lord. And so when we, Maybe I'm rushing through this moment. I've got so much going on um, that he showed me this morning. And I'll just try to slow down now. That as he was conceived by the Spirit, we read in Romans 1, 16, 17, especially in the Strongs, it came out so clear that the way you start in faith, you finish with faith. The way you start with the hearing of faith, you finish with the hearing of faith. That was really the message from last week, the unveiling of faith. And so we are seeing Jesus being conceived by the Holy Spirit. Because we recognize without the Holy Spirit, there will be no faith. Without the Holy Spirit, there will be no disclosure. There will be no hearing of the Word of God. It will be just legalism. It will be damnation. It will be the law that kills. It will sap your life in God. It will bring a constraint of understanding. It will dry you up. You become one of those prunes that no one wants to be around. So dogmatic, so legalistic. When we're made to be alive, we are made to be life givers in Christ. We are made to minister the very love of God. We are to, to bring sight to the blind, recovery of sight. And so then we saw not only was he conceived with the Holy Ghost, and now that word that became flesh was lit up after the waters of baptism. And then the voice of God, the voice of love was heard. And then we see here now when the ministry of this firstborn comes about, we're seeing the ministry of the Spirit. We're seeing the anointing of the Holy Ghost, so much so that in the book of Acts, and I've read that so many times, Acts where? Acts chapter 10. Let's find the book of Acts. I should have a little note on it. Yeah. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. We are anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Our salvation is supernatural. <laughs> if that's all I can say today, <laughs> I've got a lot, but our salvation is supernatural. Do not ever see yourself as mere flesh and blood. Do not ever see yourself as inadequate. Do not ever see yourself as having come to a dead end and that's it. We are born of the Holy Spirit. We are from above. We are children of God. 
We have been washed by the blood of Christ. We have been regenerated, made brand new, brand new, brand new creation by the power of the Holy Ghost and through the working of the Word of God. So we always have a way out. So we always have this ministry of reconciliation functioning through us. So we'll always be going about doing good because we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit and with the power of the Spirit. As he came out of the waters of baptism and he was lit up and the voice of God moved him into his next phase of ministry, so it is with us. So it is with us. Let's go to John. Let's see the functioning of the Word of God now with the Holy Spirit. So John, I have a ribbon, I think. John 14, we're going to start where the Holy Spirit was mentioned. In chapter 14, He just said to them in 12, Jesus spoke to his disciples, red letters, that most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, he who believes, he who fellowships with me, he who is a partaker of this divine truth, he who has this walk in the spirit, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. He will do also. We're not less than him. We are of his bone, of his flesh. We are of his life. But look, he goes further. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. Why are we being qualified for these greater works? Because he goes to the Father. And then at that moment, it's because I go to my Father. Um, it's expedient that I go to my Father. Because the Comforter will come to you. This Advocate, the, the Intercessor, the mighty Holy Spirit, the helper will be given to you so you can not only do the works that I do, but even greater works. And then he talks to us about the Holy Spirit. In 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Be a doer of his word. Be a doer. That's how you know you believe him. How do you know you believe? I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. You believe him. Because you love him. Because you keep his commandments. And I'll pray the Father, Jesus says, that he will give you another, and that is Alos, another. It is another of the same kind, the same as Jesus. But not Jesus himself. But the same as Jesus, another helper, that he may abide with you forever. And that word helper, we know it's also translated as comforter is from the Greek word paracletes, and it also means advocate. And the same word is actually used regarding Jesus in Second John. John himself writing in his little epistle in First John chapter two, 
Verse 1, my little children, John says, these things I write to you so you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate. This is the word, paraclete. We have an advocate with the Father. And then he defines who he is, Jesus Christ the righteous. You see, this advocate that in this context of John 14 is referring to the Holy Spirit is a comforter to us the way Jesus was a comforter to his disciples. And so, look at this. He'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I looked up that word to abide with you forever, and it was so telling. And I'll just look it up in my concordance here. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. So we have now the Holy Spirit, the disclosure of divine information to be with us forever. And that word with is the word meta. It's the word meta. And it means with, in, in the sense of what happens when you're with someone, the aftermath of being with someone. So this is not just a casual stranger that you bump on the road and you just move on, never see them again. This is someone you fellowship with, someone you have interaction with, someone that you, you have, um, a walk with, implying change afterward. So that the one that you're with, you're with for a change. That there is a shift of a mindset. That there is really a change after you've been with them. So uh, implying change afterward, that is what results after the activity. Meta, meta looks towards the after effect. The after effect of being with someone forever. And I thought about this new platform coming up with and how there is such a contention of spiritual entities wanting to be with us, to bring about a change, to bring about a transformation for the purpose to be in us. Because the very next moment of this, what Holy Ghost is to be with us, is that he will be in us. Uh, Jesus continues, he says, you know, that he may abide with you forever. He qualifies him the spirit of truth. And now we know there's also a spirit of error. We know there's, there's, there is, um, doctrines of devils that also want to be with us. Meta. They want to be with us to bring forth a transformation, to bring forth a walking away from the one that we actually to be with us. The spirit of truth, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. And so we're not to glean from anything of a worldly platform to gain anything out of unless we want destruction. Unless we want a transformation from evil to evil, not from glory to glory, but from damnation to damnation. 
the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. This it, for he dwells with you. Now that word with, for he dwells with you, it's the first part, first part of paraclete's para. He, he's the one that's alongside of you. The first part of with that we just read in the verse above, that he's with you forever was different from this with. The matter is different from this other one. And the matter is, is where there's a change that's coming upon. But this change is as he's alongside of you, with you. As he's with you to be alongside of you, this, how do I say, this with him brings about a transformation. That's what, that's what Paul tells here in 1 Corinthians. Let's find 1 Corinthians chapter 3, or 2 Corinthians chapter 3. But we all, in verse 18, we all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror. We're with the mirror, beholding us in a mirror. The glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. But look, this transformation is just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so the Holy Spirit is given to us for transformation. So this first with this matter is to produce a transformation. I hope it makes sense. And so then he goes a little deeper. Uh, Jesus says of the Holy Ghost that this change will come upon because he's going to be alongside of us. And isn't it amazing how these different worldly platforms, they just want to be alongside of us so they can inject their doctrine, their way of being, their understanding, their gossip, their kafafo confusion, their misinformation. They, they want to be with you to bring about a shift in your mindset. And so then the world doesn't know him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the one that dwells with you is the one that is in you. Oh, the more that we are to be sober and vigilant in this hour. Who are we fellowshipping with? Who are we fellowshipping with? And he says, I'll not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Yes, because the paracletes, he comes alongside of us. So then if we go a little further in um, 26, I'm moving towards the disclosure of the Holy Ghost. I just wanted to touch that this morning. He showed it to me, what I just said. But in um, 1526, I think it is. Yes. But when the helper comes, but when the helper comes, and we know he has come, whom I shall send to you, sent from Jesus, to be a helper, a comforter to us, just the way Jesus was to his disciples, I shall send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth. It's amazing how he's always defining him as the Spirit of truth because he will declare truth to us. Who proceeds from the Father, he'll testify of me. He will testify of me. I want to look up that word. He will testify of me. John 15, 26. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father. Think about it. The Holy Spirit comes from the Father. 
the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father. When you fellowship with the Spirit, you're fellowshipping with the Father. That's why, that's why I believe these separations that we have brought about through religious doctrines have really stifled our understanding and have really brought about a lot of confusion. But when we see Him as one, Jesus says, I will pray to the Father that He'll send you the Comforter. And here we see the Father giving us His Spirit who would lead us into all truth, he will testify about me, Jesus says. And that word testify, he would witness. The Holy Spirit would bear witness, would give evidence, will testify, will give a good report of Jesus, the Word made flesh. And so we're seeing now this disclosure that the Holy Spirit is to do to us from the word of God. And so we go into 16, chapter 16. And this really breaks down in verse, verse 12. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. He will lead you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority. He will not speak of his own authority. Why? Because he's coming to us from the Father. The way Jesus spoke from the authority of the Father, the Holy Spirit would disclose the words of Jesus that bear the authority of the Father. So when you come to the Word of God, you're coming into the authority of your Father. This is the most precious divine revelation of authority that you have. You don't need to go and keep another little message online about the believer's authority and thank God for all of it but I tell you this word is divine authority it's a disclosing of dominion power that will break every obstacle to smithereens smithereens gone forever obliterated brought to naught struggling in our minds always struggling in our, struggling in our minds I, I don't want to voice my struggle because people will say I don't have faith no you don't have faith you don't have developed faith and there's nothing wrong with coming and, and, and really uh, communicating with the Holy Ghost and saying, I, I want to know more. Uh, I want to build up my faith. And I know faith comes through this hearing, hearing of faith. I do have the seed of the faith of the Son of God. I want to mature it. I want to develop. I want to be like that tree that, that spreads its branches so the birds of the air will come and feed. The mustard seed that became this mighty tree of faith. Revelation knowledge. There's nothing natural about our salvation. And how quickly we revert to the natural. How quickly we go to the one, two, three messages of faith. How quickly we go to, you know, if I'm good, good, good. I wasn't good today. I wasn't good today. So you know what? I lost it all. No, you've lost nothing. You've gained Christ. Gain Christ. Turn around, go the right way. Pick yourself back up. We go from glory to glory. So what if you messed it up this morning? It's a brand new moment right now. Holy Ghost Indians bring disclosure right now, even through me, of authority divine. 
He'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll tell you. He will tell you things to come. He'll glorify me for he'll take of what is mine and declare it to you. And that word is disclose it to you. He'll bring you a revelation. He'll bring, bring you a declaration from the heavenly habitations of our living God where we are now with him one. We've been privy to this information because we have become one with our Father. He'll glorify me for he'll take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. You know, those that say, you know, the word and the word, just, you know, have a religious mindset towards the word. And like, you know, you need to hear the Holy Ghost. You just don't need to be talking about the Bible, the Bible. You know, you need the Almighty. Oh that is foolishness. That's actually error. He says, Jesus says in verse 15, chapter 16, John, all things that the Father has are mine. We either believe the word of God or we don't believe the word of God. And if we choose to make another doctrine, just don't say you're a Christian. Say, I know, I got another inspiration, but it's not from the Bible. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, I said, Jesus said, the one that put the stars in heaven, the one that said light be, the word made flesh said, right here, he said that he will take, the Holy Ghost will take of what is his, which means everything the Father has, and will declare it to us. He will disclose it to us. Actually, you can look that up in the Strong's, those words declare in, in the few verses I just read in chapter 16. I don't have the time to do that. I've looked it up before. I just want to go quickly to Ephesians. And I'll wrap it up with Ephesians. And maybe I'll reteach this whole message again because I'm really stirred up. Ephesians chapter 3. Why is he, why was the Holy Ghost given to us to declare that which is Christ? which is the Father's. Why was the Holy Spirit given to us to disclose truth to us? I'll tell you why. <laughs> because we are the church of the firstborn. And so we go to Ephesians chapter 3, and there's a few verses I want to read. I have to read them, so bear with me. Put your eyes on the Word and trust the Holy Ghost for revelation. This is the story of Paul, and this is my story. It'll be your story. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, a disclosure of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Verse 3, how that by revelation, how that by revelation, we recognize this is what the Holy Ghost does, right? Revelation knowledge is part of what he does. He has come to disclose this knowledge divine to us. And so I want to read the um, Strong's. The, the mystery made known to me by revelation, it is an unveiling. Revelation is an unveiling, uncovering, revealing, revelation disclosure. 
And so the title he gave me was the disclosure of the Holy Spirit. And now you can understand why he is disclosing to us so that we can disclose to the multitudes and even further to the whole universe, to powers and principalities. We are giving disclosures that God through the Spirit is disclosing to us just like Jesus, just like Jesus. He only said what? He heard the Father say. He only did what he saw the Father do. And so we say, we disclose that which has been disclosed to us by the Holy Spirit. And so verse 3 again, that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, which means in order for you to understand the grace of God, which is found in the word of God, that he so loved me, that he died for me, that is grace. That is how I was saved. I was saved through the working of grace. By faith, I was saved. In order to understand that, revelation is required. The Holy Spirit's function is required. He says, by revelation, he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already, but which when you read, and that word is actually to reread, when you reacquaint yourself with it, but which when you read, you may understand my knowledge. That word is my insight. So when we move out of revelation, when I speak out of revelation, at that moment, because it's something that the Holy Ghost disclosed to me, He will disclose to you as well. This is called impartation. The Holy Spirit is the interpreter of truth. The Holy Spirit is the communicator of this divine knowledge. So as Paul received revelation, he is now declaring it as he is writing these letters to the disciples in Ephesus in this case, trusting that as they reread his letters, they'll gain his insight, which is of the Holy Spirit. That you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which is in other, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed by the Spirit. This portion of Scripture really brings about the working of the Word and the Spirit. It is how it is one. This disclosure that is coming out of the written pages, it is Holy Ghost revealed. As Paul received this divine inspiration, this revelation of knowledge of the grace of God, of the knowledge of the Son of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's writing it down. He's trusting that now the Holy Spirit will disclose it to them because it's revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And so verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. So without revelation, we can't even partake of the body of Christ, obviously, because we must be born again. The Holy Spirit is the convictor. He's the revealer of the Son. And partakers of His promise, and that's how we partake of the promise of Christ for revelation, 
through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. And that word working is energy, which is a function of a Holy Ghost. And um, by the effective working of his power, and that word is dunamis, which is the miracle working power of God, which again is the Holy Spirit's work. Now, if we go uh, down to... Well, I'll just continue. Verse 8. To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Again, they came by revelation, right? And to make all see, to make all see the eyes of their understanding being wide open because he is moving out of this disclosure of the Holy Spirit. To make all see what? The fellowship of the mystery, that we have fellowship with this mystery of Christ. That we're now one with him, partakers of his body, partakers of his promise, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, that now, all that I said until now, it's for right now, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church, might be made known by us to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart, do not lose heart at my tribulations for you which is your glory don't be moved by what you see what you hear about me Paul says this is working for your glory because I am bringing a disclosure of revelation that we now the body of Christ are to disclose to to disclose to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places do you know that angels are waiting for you to decree the word of the Lord to give them a command a commission do you know Satan doesn't know it all He's listening to you. You, you, the body of Christ. And this is my message, the disclosure of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are done.